what's up, everybody? And welcome to the first and foremost sports podcast with your host, Jimmy Covington. And I'm the one and only Quentin Douglas. And here we are again with episode 25, man. Quentin, how are you doing, bro? I feel great. How you feeling today, my guy? Hey, I'm chilling, bro. Just been, been chilling. Only madden a little bit. Ain't been doing too much of nothing. Yes, sir. Putting in a little bit of work. <laughs> well, man, listen, we got a we got a, a, a full show for y'all today, but we're gonna try to keep, make it as quick as possible. Uh, trying to shorten up the show for y'all, so y'all won't have you know to make it you know a little more worthwhile for you to listen. Because a lot of people don't listen to a fifty minute show. I probably wouldn't. So, trying to shorten it up for y'all today. So, Quinn, with that being said, with that being said, you know, last Thursday started week one of our NFL season, uh, and it concluded on Monday night. Quinn, what are your top three takeaways from week one of the NFL season? Yes, sir. Uh, so, NFL was back. Uh, the quality was play was quality of play was actually pretty good, uh, considering no preseason games and the offseason circumstances. But my top three, uh, you know, big takeaways. For one, I don't think the Patriots are going to miss a beat this season. Uh, I think I can officially say I'll be cheering for them this season or cheering for Cam, not the Patriots. Uh, but Sunday, he had a well-balanced act. Uh, of course, Josh McDaniels one of the better play callers in the league. Uh, and you have to remember, two Cam's just now getting into that playbook. Uh, so once he's more familiar, they should be dangerous. You do have to take into account they played the Dolphins. Uh, but they'll get a real test this week against the Seahawks, so that'll be a good game. So that'll segue to my next one. Russell Wilson is my MVP pick for this season. Sunday, about, of course, you know, I'm a 49ers fan, but I am a big Russell Wilson fan also, <laughs> shockingly. Uh, but he had four touchdown passes Sunday against the Falcons. Uh, you know, he spread the wealth to nine different receivers, but they had no running game whatsoever on Sunday. Uh, but for once, Pete Carroll, you could see he finally put the keys in the hands of, you know, Russell Wilson and kind of opened the offense up. Uh, so I don't think they'll win the Super Bowl. I've already said my spiel on how I feel about that. But Russell Wilson, I do think, will be the MVP this year. Uh, and my third takeaway, uh, the the combination of DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray in Arizona is going to be dangerous. Uh, of course, Sunday they played my 49, so I saw it firsthand. Uh, but Kyler Murray combined for 321 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins had 14 receptions for 100 and 51 yards. Uh, I mean, they pretty much did whatever they wanted to do to us. I think they only had maybe one or two. He had 16 targets. I know they had a miscommunication on one on one pass, uh, but you have to remember, they're still getting their chemistry down. But late in the season, they're going to be dangerous. Uh, so definitely keep an eye out on the Cardinals this season. So those are my three, my three biggest takeaways from Sunday. Hey, man, that's some good ones. Uh, for me, I went in a little different direction. So my first takeaway is uh, Joe Burrow looked very poised, and I, he th- I think he's going to be a lot better 
uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, listen, of course, obviously he had no – rookie quarterback had no preseason. Uh, they have a bad offensive line. And he went against a team with Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, Linval Joseph, and they have three bo- three Pro Bowl cornerbacks. Uh, you know, he made some great decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, had some excellent decision-making uh, throughout the game, especially in two-minute drill on the last drive. Uh, you know, he had that, that crucial mistake at the end. But, listen, he's a rookie quarterback in his first game. That happens. But one thing I like is that he gave him a chance to win. It's not always about the numbers. Can you help my team win? He gave him an opportunity to win. Uh, just couldn't get it done. But, listen, Joe Burrow impressed me, you know, this this week. So, that's my top takeaway. Uh, secondly, uh, just like he you, man, yeah, just like you, I, I got to roll with Cam. Cam looked like himself, uh, at least for this week at least. I don't know what it looked like going forward, but it looked like itself. Uh, only threw 19 passes but completed 15 of those. Ran the ball 15 times for 75 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, you know, he looked like the old Cam, running quarterback powers, running dark, downhill. Uh, he looked sharp on a limited amount of attempts. Uh, he was efficient in the passing game. And, you know, one thing I want to mention is that the big plays will come, you know, as continuity builds and he gets more familiar with the offense, the big plays are going to come and probably most of, mostly through play action. You know, we've saw they're looking thinking, – they're thinking about uh, the Browns is talking about trading up Odell Beckham Jr. So, you know, New England might be a place to watch uh, for him to go. Uh, and my last takeaway that, – That'll be scary. Yeah. And my last takeaway is my Dallas Cowboys. They look like the same <laughs> old. They look like the same old Dallas Cowboys. Uh, lost twenty to seventeen last season. They were one and six in games decided wait, by touch. Wait, wait, you giving up already? Man, listen. They were one and six in games decided by one touchdown or less last year. They lost again Sunday, so they it's one in their last eight. Uh, they couldn't stop the run. Only scored, you know, and, and you look at the offensive weaponry, you got Tyron Smith, a Hall of Fame left tackle. You got Zach Martin, the best guard in football, probably going to be a first round, first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, you got Zeke Elliott, you got Dak, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, and you had Blake Drawin until he got hurt. But that's a lot of offensive firepower, and they only managed to score three points after halftime. And let's just be honest, the Rams outside of Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, they don't have a great defense outside of that. And they only was able to score three points after halftime. Uh, the defensive backs looked trash, as I expected. They got eight alive by Robert Woods <laughs> and Cooper Cup. Uh, the D-line looked suspect against the run, just like they did last year. Layden Van Der Esch is out with a collarbone. I saw Sean Lee is going to be out for a little while, too, today. So, it's leaving Jalen Smith by itself. And the play-action passes kill the Cowboys. Uh, mm-hmm. With the Rams, the Ram, if you watch football, you know the Rams scheme is relatively, is relatively simple. If they can't run the ball, then it's hard for them to throw the ball. Jared Goff, you know, he succeeds on play action. He doesn't succeed uh, doing seven-step dropbacks. If you so, if you stop the run, you can definitely beat the Rams. But surprise, surprise, they couldn't stop the run. They so, got about three plays. Just, I just, I don't know. I, I just, I was just like, come, really, really, like that's really how y'all opening the season. Like, what I want surprise. We looking like an eight and eight team again. So. <laughs> Who fault is it, bro? Is it on that? You know who I blame. I've been telling you this for years. You know who I blame. <laughs> the man upstairs. Yeah, that man upstairs. <laughs> man, let's move on to our next oh, topic. Man. 
Man, me and Quentin are decided to experiment with something that we've seen on the Colin Cowherd show. It's called a three-word game, where we give you three words about how we feel about each game that happened this past week. So, Quinn, I want you to go ahead and pop it off for us. Yes, sir. Uh, so, first, I got Kansas City and Houston. My three words, I got basketball on turf. Kansas City's offense, man, is unstoppable. I mean, they pretty much – Patrick Mahomes just looks like he's playing effortless at this point. Uh, granted, Houston isn't a great defensive team, uh, but I don't. I only thing that can stop Kansas City from Super Bowl is injuries. What you got, man? For me, I had Mahomes went surgical. Uh, the man looked dominant and didn't complete a pass over twenty yards. And we know Pat Mahomes loved to throw, throw the ball down the field. So you know you can't stop that. And then you know when he decides to be surgical. He's doing that as well, albeit against, you know, a Texas defense that's not really good. But, listen, he can do that pretty much against anybody. I mean, let's be honest here. Right. And it's been brought up how Patrick Mahomes really hadn't even, you know, gotten the reading the schemes and coverages down yet. So, I mean, once he gets that, the NFL, man, it's going to be scary. Uh, But next up, I got Seattle and Atlanta. Uh, so mine is most valuable player. Like I said, I'm going to double down on it. Russell Wilson is my MVP pick. I think Pete Carroll's finally realizing the NFC West is nasty this year, bro. Uh, so he realized his best chance to win is to give the offense to Russell Wilson. And we saw that Sunday against Atlanta. Uh, so that's, that's mine. That's my take on that. All right, so mine, this is a little clever right here. Dangerous look dangerous. <laughs> so I hear that again. Dangerous oh, look dangerous. Man, listen, he had 322 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, the man was a playing catch, you know, against Atlanta. He was surgical, just like Mahomes was dropping bombs, uh, dropping dime on a deep ball. You know, Russell Wilson is – you know, outside of Mahomes, I would call him the second best quarterback in the game. And the sky's the limit with Seattle with him. I agree. I completely agree. Yeah, right. outside of Mahomes, I'll take Russell Wilson to start my franchise. Every single time. So, I mean, next up we got the Jets and the Bills. So, <laughs> my th- I already saw the arrow. My three words, what a mess. The Jets are a complete mess. They're crumbling. Uh, the Bills, Josh Allen actually played pretty well. Uh, he got Stephon Diggs involved, uh, so that might be a pretty good pairing. Uh, but on the Jets side, man, that O-line is a mess. I was a Le'Veon Bell fan, uh, but that O-line, I mean, they only managed to get 52 rushing yards as a team Sunday. Uh, so that's pretty. That's pretty pathetic. So, so what's your three words on that one? Mine is Adam Gay sucks. <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, ever since he stepped foot in New York, uh, it's pretty much been a circus. Uh, he has yet to surround, you know, Sam Donald with requisite talent. Only weapon he has is Le'Veon Bell, and uh, even Le'Veon Bell is going to be out for the next few weeks uh, with a hamstring injury. So, I mean, who is he going to mm-hmm. throw to? Who is he going to hand the ball off to? A Frank Gore and LaMichael Piran? 
uh, his best receiver was Jamison Crowder. Uh, so, you know, enough has been said. We see why Jamal Adams wanted it up. They suck. <laughs> Adam Gay suck. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he hear this. <laughs> All right, man. We got Oakland Raiders, Carolina Panthers. I'm going to go. What the McCaffrey? Just this offseason, you paid this man, Christian McCaffrey, to be the highest-paid running back in league history. Down the stretch in the game, the Panthers, fourth and inches. You hand the ball to a fullback in 2020. A fullback. I'm going to leave it at that. That's all I got to say. And they lost Uh, the game, by the way. They lost the game. That's the problem with uh, What I said was, why, Matt, why? Uh, Matt Rule, rookie head coach, and like you said, you just pay McCaffrey with the big bucks, and you hand the ball off to a fullback on fourth and inches. And then you lost the game. I could excuse it if you won the game, but you lost the game, so we got to talk about it. I mean, that was just inexcusable. I mean, it wasn't like they were going to stop Christian McCaffrey. Not many teams can. You know, I – I, I would have been better if Teddy Bridgewater had a, did a QB sneak. I would have been felt more comfortable. But handing it to a fullback, no, sir. I'm sorry. Uh, that's not Kyle use check back there. <laughs> By the way, McCaffrey had over 100 yards from scrimmage. So next we got Philly, the Eagles, and the Washington football team. So I got sports worst enemy. Injury strike the Eagles again. That O-line, Brandon Brooks, all-pro guard, was already out for the year. Now, Lane Johnson, that offensive tackle, who's also an all-pro caliber player, is out with an ankle injury. Uh, Carson Wentz was running for his life, got a sack eight times. Man, if it's not one position group with this team, it's another. Uh, Mine is wow, Uh, just wow. Uh, they were up 17 at one point, and uh, Dwayne Haskins, you know, ha- happened to turn it around. Their defense happened to, you know, flip the script and put some points on the board. Uh, they had eight sacks and intercepted Carson Wentz twice. Yeah, man, that Washington D-line is definitely going to be scary. Chase Shout Young. out Chase Young. Yeah, one and a half <laughs> sacks in, de- in his debut. Yes, sir. Next up, we got the Garbage Bowl, Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears. So, man, three words. Who even cares? I said it. Who cares? You got Mitch Trubisky. You got the Detroit Lions who haven't been relevant since, I don't know what, Detroit invented Ford cars. Uh, I don't know. Mitchell Trubisky, three touchdowns, fourth quarter, game of his life. And the comeback win over the Lions. Uh, but I mean, I don't really have much from that game, man. How about you? Yeah. Uh, mine, is, mine is Detroit going to Detroit. Uh, Could have won, <laughs> won the game, but rookie DeAndre Swift dropped one of the easiest touchdown catches he'll ever have. And they end up losing the game. Like you said, Mitchell Trubisky. Mm, typical fourth, Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mitchell Which Trubisky. Which is also where their quarterback went. Mm. Mitchell Trubisky had the fourth quarter of his life, three touchdowns, and they happened to pull out the W. So good for Chicago. Yeah, yeah. All right, here we go. Another another garbage ball turned out to be 
Indianapolis Colts and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Man, what a disappointment. Three words. Minshew comes through. Jaguars. Looks like they were falling apart. Come through week one. Shocked everybody. Gardner Minshew, three passing touchdowns. The Colts. I thought they were going to be a good team this year. I don't know what happened with them Sunday. What you yeah, got, man? I said, uh, mine is Gardner Minshew Mania. Listen, <laughs> I, I thought I think the Jaguars have uh, the worst roster in football, but they got it done. That's all that matters. Phillip Rivers uh, right on cue through an interception, and it was intercepted by rookie first-round pick. Florida boy, C.J. Henderson. Shout out to C.J. Henderson, man. You've been doing it at college. Now you're doing it in the league. Listen, Gardner Minshew was a baller. You know, had three touchdowns, completed 95% of his passes. So he was hyper-efficient. So, listen, you know, Jacksonville got that dub. Uh, the Colts, you know, y'all better get it together. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Here we go. Here we go. We're going to pick up the pace a little bit. We got Packers, Vikings. So I put still hanging around. Aaron Rodgers showed out, showed he's not done yet. What you got, man? Man, that bad man. Uh, back at it again. 364 yards, four touchdowns. Looking like vintage Aaron Rodgers. Yes, sir. Cleveland Browns, Baltimore Ravens. Man, I got stunk it up. Shot at OBJ and shot at Baker Mayfield. Man, I don't know. Baker is. Baker's just terrible. I don't know what can be said about him at this point. What you got? Uh, mine is Baker definitely stinks. Uh, I've said this <laughs> in the past. That I like how man, we both came with the with the stink mindset. Yeah, that that man, that young man is terrible. I don't know what it is. Uh, he's not that guy that people think that people thought he was coming to the draft. And I'm sick of the Baker Mayfield commercials. <laughs> Get some W's first, big dog. <laughs> Dolphins Patriots. I got this will work. The Cam Newton, Bill Belichick, Unite uh, Union will work between these two guys. Bill has shown he's willing to cater to Cam. Cam is able to be himself. They'll be a Super Bowl contender. What you got? I got Cam is back. Listen, he wants to win. And that's all he's always talked about is winning games. Uh, he'll do what's necessary to do it. It doesn't always look pretty, uh, but he's just he just like to get the job done. That's what he did Sunday. Yes, sir. No doubt. Cincinnati Bengals, Los Angeles Chargers. Burrow deserves better. Man, you talked about it earlier. One of your points was a good one. Joe Burrow played well. In his NFL debut on Sunday, and as you said, the kicker missed the game-winning field goal. Man, the Bengals are already showing they're gonna hold Joe Burrow back. Man, I feel bad for him. What you got? Uh, Burrow was good. It was pretty simple. Listen, like I said, he played well in Week One, considering the circumstances, who he was going with, and who he has to work with in terms of his offensive line and management, because management sucks in Cincinnati. Yes, sir. Here we go. Game of the week for some. New Orleans Saints, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It takes time. Tom Brady was lucky the Saints stadium was empty because if not, it would have been a blowout. The Buccaneers showed Tampa Bay. They had penalties. Uh, Brady needs time 
time to build chemistry with these receivers. Uh, uh, but I feel like down the stretch, they will be a factor what you got, bro. I got uh, – it's week one. Uh, listen, they had no preseason. Uh, and you can see on a couple of plays where there was some miscommunication between Tom Brady and the receivers. Uh, that's going to happen. Uh, but I guarantee you when they play week nine, that game is not going to look the exact same as it did last time. It's going to look a little different. Uh, pay, uh, the uh, Buccaneers are going to be a lot better week nine when they play again. Oh, yeah, that one's going to look more like a playoff game. Uh, so this one, unfortunately, Arizona Cardinals, San Francisco 49ers. I put Mike take flight. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, I talked about it before. They got they got a squad, you know, they rebuilt the defense. They got DeAndre Hopkins to go along with Colin Murray. Uh, he's in year two. I mean, man, he's got a high IQ, like I told you, to be a young player. Uh, and to go along with that running ability is real dangerous. Uh, for me, uh, best division easily. Uh, listen, if, you know, quote-unquote, if Arizona is the worst team in the division, they can win nine to ten games. Uh, and I think rather easily. Like you said, Kyler Murray is a stud, uh, very efficient, uh, high IQ. Uh, D-Hop is arguably the best receiver in the game. 14 catches, 151 yards, you know, balled out. Uh, so, you know, Arizona is a team to watch. Yes, sir, no doubt. You got to see firsthand just how tough our division is. Just next up, Rams and the Cowboys. I got my, my, my. Man, that new stadium for the Rams was gorgeous. Uh, SoFi Stadium worth approximately $5 billion. Of course, the L.A. Rams brand-new football stadium. Of course, that brand-new stadium was empty. Unfortunately, man, that was crazy. Like, I thought about that over half the game. Uh, but, you know, going to the actual game, uh, Jalen Ramsey, I definitely felt flopped on that last play. I don't know about you. Uh, but I thought the Cowboys should have had a chance to win it. But <laughs> For me, uh, same old Cowboys, none spectacular. Uh, I can I picked us to win, but you know, we lost. Uh, not really surprised. You know, some of the things they do well, we struggle with. They have some great receivers. Uh, our defensive backs are not that good. Uh, they can run the ball, as they showed yesterday. Uh, for some reason, is we struggle to stop the run. So, wasn't really of a surprise. Now, I am surprised we didn't. We only put up 17 points with the weapons that Dak Prescott has. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I think y'all will definitely get better as the season goes along. Uh, here we go. Steelers and Giants Monday Night Football. I got Ben is back. Uh, definitely had to knock some rust off, uh, but he has some weapons, man. Uh, uh, Benny Snell looked good at running back. Uh, I think they'll definitely be a factor in that division down the stretch this year. How about you? Uh, had Ben looked good. Uh, 29 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, he looked in control of the offense, made some big-time throws, especially the one to chase Claypool on the sideline with the toe tap. Uh, so, Ben looked good, man. I didn't know what to expect from him coming off of, you know, an elbow injury on his throwing arm. So, he looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, last game of the week, Titans and Broncos. I got Ditch the kicker. Uh, the Titans, man, had big kicking problems last year. They reared their head again, first game of the year. He missed 
four field goals before at the end he actually hit the game winning field goal. But my opinion on kickers is they should be taken out of the game and it should be strictly two point conversion. What what you think? Uh Lord have mercy. That's that's what I said. <laughs> a game a game that shouldn't have been that close, uh wind up being a little too close for comfort. Uh one or four field goals. He also mixed the extra point. Uh the Titans kickers were eight of eighteen on field goals last year, so that they, they are no strangers to kicking woes. And that was absolutely terrible on his behalf last night. Yeah, I think I saw last year they went like we one through nine or something without making a field goal or something like that. Like, it was crazy. Uh, but, man, next up, moving on to the NBA side of things, the Clippers choked, man, a 3-1 lead. The Nuggets will be facing the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals now. Uh, so, Jimmy, man, what's your thought on how that played up? Uh, first, I want to say they were never a great team, per se. They were just a, a collection of great talent uh, with no chemistry. Uh, Doc Rivers spoke really? on the, Yep, Doc Rivers spoke on the chemistry last night. Lou Will spoke on the chemistry last night. They didn't have any chemistry. Uh, Paul George came into the year injured, missed some time. Kawhi Lowe managed. And the lack of interest uh, for the regular season hurt their team big time uh, going down the stretch. You know, when the bubble first started, they played pretty well in the season games. But when playoff time started, you could see. Uh, you know, their rotations weren't good. They weren't defending three-point line. There was no, you know, no ball movement pretty much. You know, it was a lot of individual iso ball. And, you know, that's they don't have a true point guard. I mean, let's be honest with you. Uh, Pat Bev is not a point guard. Uh, Reggie Jackson, I think, was more of a two or, you know, a combo guard versus just a true point guard. And so, they, you know, when they, some guys aren't making shots, it's hard for them to get going offensively, even though they got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and Lou Williams. Uh, you know, they were never able to put together consecutive complete games. I I, I didn't see it. Uh, and that worried me. Even going the first series against Dallas, they weren't able to put together two good games, which I don't understand. You got all that individual talent. You know, you got a championship coach in Doc Rivers, but just weren't able to do it. Uh, you know, like I said, and one thing about this series in particular, uh, Doc just didn't make adjustments when he needed to. I mean, you know, you see – you see Jamal Murray cooking, you got to do something, dog. Like, you got to do something. And he didn't make no adjustments. So he was just out there killing Pat Bev. You know what I'm I could even throw a double team at him early in the shot clock. But once he crosses half court, throw a double team at him. Do something. Make some kind of adjustments. But listen, you know, Doc Rivers, as a coach, he's been on the lose. He's uh, had a 3-1 lead three times, and he's lost all three of those appearances. So, you know, Doc, you know, he – a good man, you know, a good coach, but I think his time uh, there should be done. I don't think it is. But, like, I can't, you know, in terms of individual players, uh, Kawhi was terrible in the second half of games. You know, in the first half, he was averaging about 14 points on 56% shooting and 47% from three-point line in the first half of, the, of their series, in the first half of games in their series. In the second half, they dropped to 10 points, 31% from the field, and 27% from three. And only in the fourth quarter, he was only averaging five points on 27% shooting. So, second half of games was not kind to Kawhi. Listen, and, you know, Paul George was pretty much garbage the entire playoffs. Only shot 39% from the field, 33% from three. And apparently, you know, Lou Williams, uh, two-time six-man a year, uh, forgot how to shoot. 
<laughs> uh, he shot 23% from the three-point line during the entire day of the playoffs. And uh, Trez, you know, also, like Trez, was, he forgot how to play. He was missing in action. Uh, average of 18 and 7 in the regular season, only average 10 and 3 in the bubble uh, and in the playoff time. Uh, Marcus Morris, in my opinion, was their second-best player. Uh, which is a problem. You're not winning no championship with Marcus Morris as a shaking best player. Uh, I mean, it just is what it is. No offense to Marcus Morris. He's a talented guy, but, you know, he hasn't been the cog on the championship team. Uh, but honestly, they were my championship pick. But, of course, you know I'm a Lakers fan. But, I, I mean, I'm I'm a little disappointed because, I, like I said, they're my finals pick. But, you know, just knowing how they play, you know, knowing what the Nuggets are great at, you know, it, it's kind of, it's a little bit of a shock, but it's really not – you know, I didn't think they were going. You know, looking at how they've played, you know, you know the chances against LA wouldn't have been great. Uh, but listen, they got to go back to the drawing board. They got to make some adjustments, make some changes, and we'll see what they look like next year. Yeah, man. Uh, for one, <clears throat> I never once thought the Clippers are going to win it all. I was always with the Lakers, but I definitely, of course, thought the Clippers was their biggest threat. Uh, but you know, you hit the nail right on the head. Uh, this was never a great team. They were just a collection of great talent. Uh, you know, for one, looking at, you know, all years been about, oh well, you know, this is the deepest team, uh, in the NBA. But you know, looking at those players that make that up, you know, first you looking at. Pretty much this whole season was geared towards beating the Lakers uh, and, you know, having all these quote-unquote LeBron stoppers, uh, which now they won't even get to test that, which is hilarious. Uh, but, uh, shit, what was that? My bad. What was I saying before that? I forget. <laughs> I cursed and forgot what I was saying before that. Hey, good. Uh, but I was talking with the role players. Yeah, that's right. It was basically one like, all right, let's keep the Lakers from signing these players. Reggie Jackson was never a good fit. Uh, Marcus Morris never really fully accepted his role until, I guess, late in the playoffs, really. Uh, before that, he was really just a guy scoring points on bad teams. Uh, if we being honest, Patrick Beverly is really not – his reputation as a defender really doesn't match his skill level on that end of the court. Uh, we're looking at Lou Williams. We, you know, heard offseason, yeah, sixth man of the year, Lou Williams, blah, blah. But for as good as he was on offense, he was substantially worse on defense. Uh, and then – if you're looking at the way they they did the see they approached this season, Kawhi low managed. We talked about how all these starters and the role players missed all this time. When you go through the season where you're depending on the bench to carry this much weight, you can't expect that formula to to you know work in the playoffs when that's the time you're supposed to depend on your star players to carry the bulk of the weight of the team and the bulk of the responsibility. Uh, and then, you know, now going to the star player, Paul George, I don't know what was going on with Paul George. Paul hey, George is one of my fa- 
<laughs> Pass the ball. <laughs> man, I just seen Nar Carver, man. Man, Paul George is one of my favorite players, but after look, he's had some times before this, but after these playoffs, I gotta cut Paul George off, man. I'm sorry. But these these Paul these playoffs are just pathetic from Paul George, man. I don't know if he can bounce back next season. I hope he does. I'm pretty sure at this point it's just all mental with him, man. Uh but he definitely as far as being a primary option on the championship team, that's never happening in his career. Uh, and you see why I voted Jimmy Butler as a better sidekick. You see how that's panning out now, right? Yep. <laughs> I tried to tell you. You're too young. You don't know enough. <laughs> well, how you going to take my own phrase, man? Get out of here. <laughs> you don't know enough. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so let me get back to this team, man. I ain't done with these cats. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, man, biggest thing we've talked about all year, this team never had chemistry. If you look at Kawhi's resume, never in his career has he had to be the guy on the team to not only carry the burden on the court of being that go-to option, but also being the being the guy on the court and off the court that builds chemistry between him and his teammates. If you look at San Antonio, that culture was already established when he got there with Pop and, uh, you know, Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili. When he won that finals MVP, that was just for quote-unquote containing LeBron. He didn't take over that final series, and he really wasn't even the best player on the court that series. Um, And then you look at Toronto last year. That team already had great chemistry before he got there. He just fit in seamlessly and was there, you know, closer down the stretch. Uh, But he wasn't the guy responsible again for being the go-to option and the guy responsible for building chemistry. So this year, what what happens when he's in that role for the first time? They let us down like we just saw, and they weren't – the chemistry exposed itself down the stretch. Uh, they played a lot of isolation basketball. At times they looked really stagnant on the court as a team. Uh, and, you know, we talked about how they could flip the switch on. Uh, well, just as much as that was a good thing, you know, that was really probably detrimental, uh, you know, them having it in their minds that they could flip a switch on and off. Uh, and they never flipped that switch back on against the Nuggets. And now they booking trips to Cancun. Uh-huh. I mean, we said everything that needed to be said. We said everything that needed to be said. Uh, I'm pretty sure everybody that's listened to the show uh, has heard it all from, you know, Steve, from Stephen A and Skip and Shannon and Chris Broussard and Nick Wright. We we all pretty much making the same points. It really wasn't much to add uh, there. Uh, but moving on to our last topic here, a little bit of, little bit of college football. Uh, originally, the Big Ten had canceled their season and decided to move it to the spring uh, because of COVID. Uh, you know, now they've changed their mind after some voting, and the Big Ten is set to resume their season on October 23rd. 
Quinn, what do you think about that? What I think about it. Oh, <laughs> Yes, sir. We're getting that championship this year. You ain't going to play no games. What? Y'all not going to play no games. Yeah, I'll you crazy. You can play like seven or eight games, but come on, big dog. What you and we we still gonna be we still can be in the picture for college football playoffs. And y'all probably gonna lose one of them. Gonna slip up. Oh, uh, we're not losing. We're not losing. A few players Justin don't catch. Fields, just, Justin Fields got redemption on his mind. He getting the Heisman and the chip. Both predictions. I can agree with that. It's happening. We back, baby. I thought uh, I was going to have to be a fan of the SEC team this year. I mean, ain't nothing wrong with it. You know, Florida where it's at, big dog. You know, if you look at you – know, I don't I'm, I'm know. Saying. I still might do a little scouting. I said I, I'm already crossing Alabama. I'm not going to be no Alabama fan. I'm, I'm going to gra- I'm, I'm send you a picture of a graphic I saw uh, about Florida Florida defenders this past weekend. For defenders that he's played in. Oh, my goodness. They balled out. But, you know what I'm saying, let's get back on the topic at hand here. <laughs> uh, but, listen, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm cool with the Big Ten. I mean, if that's the right – if they feel like that's the right decision, uh, then I'm cool with it. If they cancel again, then I'm cool with it. Uh, but I think things needed to – certain things needed to fall in place uh, for it to happen. And uh, one of those things was availability to to daily rapid testing and uh, medical information and resources uh, surrounding COVID. And it, it kind of improved their access to, you know, the COVID resource did improve greatly. I think one of the tests they're deciding to take uh, is supposed to give you test results uh, in like 15 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so that's definitely a big plus. You know, you you control who's been around who. You can, you know, get people isolated quicker. And I think another thing was that uh, they had something called comprehensive cardiac screening uh, for athletes who test positive, uh, which kind of ease concerns about myocarditis uh that's a condition uh, that can be formed from a viral infection it's a heart condition uh, it can affect your heart and your muscles and the electrical system and it reduces the ability to pump blood it can cause abnormal heart rhythm which you know it, which, is, which possibly could kill you so you know we've we've seen and we've heard that you know lingering effects of covid could be heart problems uh can be liver problems things of that nature and that's something you don't want people in general to be going through, not just players. So, you know, I think, you know, being able to screen for that and monitor that is a, is a big thing too. I think more than anything, I think players, you know, parents of players wanted more regulation and they wanted more specific protocols instead of just going out there to play and, you know, just risking it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and the thing that stood out to me too from uh, what, they said and you know the format for returning if a player tests positive they gotta wait 21 days before they're able to return to football that's three weeks that's pretty significant uh because the cdc's time is only like 10 days uh so if the if the season's gonna be pretty short 
Uh, and if a team gets a few COVID cases, they're going to be, you know, losing maybe a handful of players for close to maybe half the season. Uh, so that could be something pretty significant to keep an eye on. And it's, it's pretty inevitable. Some players are going to get it. I mean, you're on college campus. You know, all college students. Exactly. They aren't wearing – a lot of college students probably aren't wearing their masks. They're not adhering to the protocols. No. So and you, you mm-hmm. can't control that. I mean, you can do what you can do. You can try to protect yourself. But, you know, sometimes you just you – just, it's not anything you can do. So, you know, hopefully, you mm-hmm. know, those guys – hopefully those guys will be safe on campus uh, going to and from classes. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. Yep, on the time of two. Yes, sir. Man, that's all we have for y'all today, Quinn. Is there anything else you want to add? Nope. That was, you know, a great show. Good show, bro. Appreciate you. I do want to add that, uh, you know, we've talked about, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and the plight of, of the black community. Uh, Brianna family, Brianna Taylor's family was awarded like a twelve million dollar settlement. Um, glad for mm-hmm. her family, yeah. glad, glad for her family, but I'm not satisfied. Uh, her killers should still be arrested. Uh, millions of dollars is not gonna solve the pain that her family is gonna have to endure for the rest of their lives. So you know, exactly. I still need to be arrested. But listen, that's all we have for y'all today. We appreciate y'all for continuing to rock with us and continuing to tune in. This is episode 25 of the First and Foremost Podcast, excuse me. And uh, I'm Jimmy Covington. (laughs) And I'm the one and only Quentin Davis. All right, thank y'all. We out.